Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Colbranson. Happy Monday, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today, powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash, of course, coming up at 340 later this hour, so stay tuned. Always a great conversation with them. Always a great conversation with you, too. You can give us a call, 702-365-9200 is the number to get involved. We will put you on the air. It is Scott Branson and Hondo Carpenter with you. We are talking Raiders football. We are talking anything you want to talk about. But you can throw wild cards at us. We'll take it. Uh, but what I wanted to do now is, of course, talk about Raider Nation's favorite subject or most hated subject, depending on how you look at it. Uh, and, that of, and that, of course, is uh, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr, um, over the last several weeks, has been, again, linked with trade rumors. We heard the last thing where the Colts, uh, before they went out and got Carson Wentz, were asking about Derek Carr, and the Raiders basically gave them the hand. They said, nope, he's not available, uh, which again underscores what we've been hearing for a long time, which is the Raiders are committed to their quarterback at least for now, as long as you can be in the NFL, especially with a quarterback with two years left on his contract. But Hondo, I just want to bring this up because I'm still having trouble understanding. Now, do I like everything about Derek Carr's game? I don't from a personal uh, standpoint as far as the style of football that I like a quarterback. That's just my personal opinion. That does not mean that he's not a good NFL quarterback because clearly he is. But when you look at this, we've heard from multiple sources now about the Colts inquiring about him as well as a couple other teams inquiring about him. Teams don't inquire about a quarterback unless they believe they can win with that quarterback. It's not like they're going out trying to find a backup. They're looking for someone because both of those teams, the Colts, the Bears, for example, are teams close. They have very good defenses. They're in a position to go make deep playoff runs. What does that say about Derek Carr, and and how how does that play? to this narrative somehow nationally that Derek Carr is always available and never the preferred choice of John Gruden and the Raiders? Well, first of all, Scott, you can tell your listeners whether or not I've been saying this from day one. I mean, the first time I was on your show, when I started covering them in July, I said, there's no issue with Derek Carr. He's their guy. Right. And, the, and so no matter what I say, oh, you're an idiot, you don't know, you're not from around or you never covered this team, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> well, There were some organizations that do cover this team that said that the marriage with Gruden was so bad that he wasn't coming back. Am I wrong, Scott? No, you're absolutely 100% correct. And yet they call my reporting trash. Yeah. And my point is, is he's still here. So uh, the fact that other teams want your quarterback, you know, nobody wants to be married to the girl that everyone else doesn't think is hot. (laughs) Okay? And the point of the matter is, is people want Derek Carr. They, they're interested in Derek Carr. Scott, we were the first to report on this show that teams were contacting the Raiders about Derek Carr. Right. You may remember, uh, we, we said this, that they were, well, the day that the rumors came out about Deshaun, I said on your show that I had contacted someone within the organization and said, the th- everything I'm hearing is there's no thoughts of a trade. It's an extension. Yeah. Did I or did I not, Scott? 
Yeah, you did. Absolutely. So, so, so people can say whatever they want because Raider Nation will click and because there's such a huge fan base. But the reality is Derek Carr's your quarterback. Now, you have to listen. And I think Derek would agree with that. This is a business. So you have to listen to every offer that comes. But unless somebody's willing to pay the Raiders stupid, he's your quarterback. He's yeah. your guy. And the reason people want him is because he's really good. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, uh, Michael Gennetti over at Sport uh, Spot Track, excuse me, uh, tweeted this afternoon that it uh, looks like Derek Carr's future in Las Vegas is soon to be extended, a new contract, and they project five years around $160 million. That's not that he's saying that's imminent or that's that's what people are telling him. They, they do their own projections based on the market value, and that falls in line, right, Hondo? I mean, if you think about it, about 30 to $33 million per year is what a top 10 quarterback in this league is currently making. Yes, and I want to also, Scott, go back to one other thing because I know you have a huge listenership. Several weeks on your show, ago on your show, you even heard the ding of the, of the text message. I got a text message <laughs> from a GM that said he was hearing Nelson Aguilar would stay with the Raiders for two years, about 15 million bucks. Right. He said he expected Nelson Aguilar to test free agency to see if somebody was willing to pay him ridiculous money. But in the end, he knew that the word was Nelson wanted to be a Raider and that the Raiders wanted him. Scott, is anything I said there a lie or in any way at all inaccurate? No, and I think this is where this is where people listen and they hear half things or they see things tweeted from people who weren't listening. They might have been eating that pop tart and not paying fully attention to what people say. And oh, so they, it's it's the old telephone game, right? Of what right. it gets it gets watered down and changed as it goes along. Because even this one, Adam Kaplan, the NFL insider who talked about uh, car and an extension mentioned it in passing and that's been taken and written into stories that the that the Raiders are close to giving him an extension and I and I messaged with Adam last night because uh, he's going to come up on the show pretty soon and he was like no they, it's been blown out of proportion that's not what I said so Correct. so <laughs> it happens all over the place and you're right I think that this is a situation where um, you just have to realize it and by the way people are saying we have a couple callers we're going to get to here in a second so if you're on the line stay right there but I just want to make this one point before we get to them uh, is the fact that Honda when you look at people are saying why would you extend him he's got two years left on his contract right but for the number one the player for the player the money is not guaranteed okay that's number one so from the player side from the team's side you have to look at value if you let's let's say Derek Carr and I understand people's point of view and I don't disagree with them it's like hey Derek Carr, prove to us that you can win and take us somewhere now that you have things around you. Okay, I'm on board with that. I can accept that. The problem is, if you do that, let's say the Raiders, just for the sake of argument, let's say the Raiders go out, win 11 games this year, they're a wild card into the playoffs, they win two playoff games, they lose in the AFC Championship, they win the AFC Championship, whatever happens, happens, right? But let's say they go on a nice little playoff run. Now Derek Carr's value goes up exponentially, uh, he's in a better position. So for the team, if they're going, if they want to commit to him long term, then they're going to look at extending him probably in the next year. It doesn't mean it's going to be before this next offseason. But as Vinny said last week to me, uh, Hondo, is you start having those informal conversations. You might even come to a gentleman's agreement about what the structure might look like and say, hey, over the next year, we're going to finalize it. Well, and I agree. And that's why, I'm, but I want to go back because this is really important. Remember last week on the show, we talked about 
you know, do we sign, do the Raiders sign Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. Or do they give him a wink and a nod saying, listen, because the salary cap going to go back up next year, we're going to pay you a little bit more next year, but you get the deal. Remember, we talked yeah. about that. Yeah, we did. And, and the reason I brought up the Nelson Aguilar from a couple weeks ago was because I just got a text from the GM that I texted before when I originally reported and said, hey, what are you hearing? He said, still hearing the same thing. People expect him to re-sign with the Raiders, two years, $15 million, but going to try free agency. So at the end of, of, of the discussion, if you get a wink and a nod to, to Carr, and Carr trusts these guys, he right. trusts them, and, and all of a sudden they say, okay, you know, that's a deal. We'll sign that deal next year. Uh, there's no problem there. So either way, I do expect an extension to come. If it's not this year, it's going to be because there's a wink and a nod, and we'll do it next. Exactly. All right, we're going out to my my state of birth, Illinois, and it's Corey. Corey, you're on with Scott and Honda. What's going on, Corey? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing, man? Great, hey, Corey. Man, great. Hey, Hondo, man. Great, great talking to you, man. You know, I text you on Facebook once in a while. Whatnot. I got a little trouble on Sunday. I spent a little bit more money than I was supposed to when I went back to the fishing show. But anyway. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> I call in, man, and um, I wasn't even going to call in today. I just sitting here and doing some extra hours at work, and I call in, you know, and I've been having this. I've been having it on my heart lately, you know. Uh-oh, did we lose Corey? Ah, Corey, give us a call back. All right, we're going to go to Charles in Bowling Green. Charles, you're on with Scott and Hondo. Hey, Scott. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good, brother. How you doing? Uh, hey, I just had a, I had a different spin on everything. I mean, if they traded Derek Carr, I always thought they better go all in on defense because you better have a good defensive team if you get rid of Carr. But that wasn't what I was going to say. I wanted to see what you all thought about this scenario because I know it won't happen, and I wish it would. What if Gruden traded up and got Kyle Pitts? This offense would be mm. instant red zone fixed. Waller wouldn't be double teamed, and any third receiver you had would be doing great. I know he probably won't do that, but there's no – player in the draft that's going to make the Raiders instantly better, except for Kyle Pitts. And I'll argue that fact to him blue in the face, but you tell me, <laughs> could you imagine what this offense would be with Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and it don't matter what scrub you have on that third receiver, he's running free. Am I, am I wrong about that? Would well, I'll take that one first, if you don't mind. Go, go. Pitts yeah, go is ahead, a great player. He's a great player. But I, I think one of the things you have to understand is points wasn't a problem for this team. It's keeping the other team from scoring points. And, we you know, you know when you bring in a, a defensive baller, that's a great thing, and he's a great player. I'm not even remotely. I can totally see your argument. So if you're able to well, go out there and make all of the make all the free agent signings that you need defensively and able to pick up some offensive linemen and you spend a lot of money, great. But I just think but there's so many holes they got to fit first when they don't when that's not a place of glaring need. But I totally get but where I you're don't. going, and I'm not disrespecting your thoughts on Pitts. No, let me argue with you a little bit though. Okay, Hunter, <laughs> I agree with you. Our, it's like Gruden is a great coach between the twenties, but at the twenty yard line, we kicked a lot of field goals. <laughs> I think Pitts mm-hmm. makes the red zone issue go away. He really does because if you're if you're double teaming Waller and and Carr seems to this is something I've I've watched Carr from the get go. I'm sure all Raider fans have. He likes bigger receivers, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a knock on Carr. I mean, it's just it's like a, I notice with safety, and I think that's part of the problem he has with rugs. And just like with Crabtree, he always likes the bigger receivers. And in a red zone, we struggled, Hondo. I mean, we did, we had a great offense. It was terrible. But think, yeah, but so wouldn't that help fix, like instantly fix that well, red zone probably? 
Well, here, here's the here's the thing, um, I, uh, Charles. I think number one is: Are you telling me that the problem in the red zone was due to receivers? I don't think it was. Yeah. I think you you had no, a multiple. I, I, I don't. I don't know that it's actually that, but I know there's times when people like they would double they would they would cater to going to a Waller, and if Pitts is running free, you can't cater to him anymore, and it's going to leave even Aguilar open. There's. I, I, I think you all be surprised how much damage that would do to another team having a guy like Pitts. How big, fast he is. Him and Waller on the same team. I mean, I know offense is good, but it would be maybe the best offense in the NFL. You name so, me another so, player in the draft. Let's start. Yeah, and I, I, I would. Another. I, I, I would be more on your side if if I thought that that Raiders offensive line was good to go for the next two or three years. I don't think it is. Exactly. I think that's part well, of the problem. I think part of the problem there though. What's that? Don't you, I mean, we're not going to draft it. We're not going to draft an offensive lineman in the oh, first I round. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Not might? in the first round. I mean, no. I, you may be right, but I don't know. But I mean, there's not a defensive player we're going to bring in next year who's going to help this team. I, I would disagree that Kyle Pitts probably gets us to playoffs. I know that's hmm. radical and probably I, be laughed at. Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Because I, I think you're bringing a very germane argument in, sol, in solid points. I don't think we're arguing at all. I think it's sports fans having a great discussion, and I appreciate this about you. But I'm going to say this to you. Even the, as great as Darren Waller is, 15 touches a game when he gets the, that many. So Pitts is going to take some touches away from Waller, and when you go get a guy that's effectively only going to be involved in maybe 25 to 35% of your plays... When I mean, I think there are other glaring needs. The offensive line well, is going to be. I, I agree with you. I disagree with you on that, Hall, because he's going to be a receiver. You're not. You're not going to put him at tight end. The guy's going to be a receiver. You look at his tape. I've watched this guy's tape. He's a receiver. You can put him at tight end, but for the most part, you're lining him out. And and Rugs yeah. is going to be free. It's going to take yeah, double no. coverage on Pitts. No, you're, Charles. You're, I mean, the I think this is going to be crazy. It would be insane to watch. I mean, I don't. I I don't know how you would stop Carr. I really don't. Because you're going yeah, to no, coverage him and Waller, so it, so that means Rugs or, or Jacob, somebody's running loose. Yeah, no, I think I listen, I, Charles. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's really intriguing uh, to mention Kyle Pitts there because it's not a guy that we talk a lot about, and certainly and he's a great player. Oh yeah, with that offense and with those two receivers, it'd be amazing. All right, we're going back out on the phone lines, and Corey finally got back on his cell phone, and we bring Corey back. Corey, what's going on? Sorry, right, gentlemen, I want you to walk out to the van with the Bluetooth, left the phone inside. So what I, what I was saying before I heard the static was, the past couple of weeks, my heart's been really like, I, I've been really like having that love relationship feeling with Carr, man. It's like, you know, when you see these posts and whatnot to where his defense has always been, he's never had a defense. But then again, he's had his chances where he does dare Carr moments. But mm-hmm. I think, I really do think last year, he did take a step forward from those Derek Carr moments, but he still made a few of those Derek Carr moments that, that, that keeps us just waiting for that next day and that next big person that we're going to jump to because of those Derek Carr moments. If Derek Carr can get those Derek Carr moments and make those half of those, if he can take half of those Derek Carr moments with a middle-of-the-pack defense, I think Derek Carr can maybe take us to the playoffs game Maybe win one, maybe win two. Is that going to pipe the critics down? But like you were just saying, your your thoughts were just like, Mike, God, it's only going to make his value go up. So it's like, well, what are we really doing here with Derek? Are we are we just 
stringing him along long enough to see what we can get for him because we know John's not really happy with him. Or are we in love with him? Are we truly, truly, truly committed that this is our guy? And back to what the other caller was saying, you know, I, I see Dan, Caller, Dan Waller, Derek Carr was pretty much always seen on the Raiders. You had some hit, you had some other passes that got in there, but majority of the offense was Carr and Waller. Carr yeah. and Waller, Carr and Waller. And that guy, okay, it was good, but honestly, it was kind of boring. That pass Mariota hit Waller was probably, I don't even know if Carr hit him too, but that was probably the best pass of the year because anything else was just kind of just bland. Bring well, Corey, I... Listen, Corey, no. I mean, you you bring up great points. And again, man, thank you for your call. And we appreciate you calling back a second time after losing the signal. But I'll tell you this, and and I've said it before, which is the the Raiders didn't finish eight and eight because of uh, because uh, of Derek Carr failing. They finished eight and eight because they got him. He got them to eight and eight with that defense. Listen, I'm not going and I'm not I'm not crowning Derek Carr an MVP candidate. Don't get me wrong. I think I think he was challenged going into the season. They brought in Marcus Mariota. And yes, they said all along he was just a backup, but but trust me, the writing was on the wall. It was there to say, listen, if you falter, I'm going to go to this guy and give him a shot. And you know what? Derek Carr didn't. He stepped up. He played where he had to do. Was he perfect? No. No quarterback is, and I'm sure he'll continue to get better as he runs that system. After three years, he certainly got better. He got better with his legs. So I think that uh, I think that I agree with you there. I mean, I think they can win with him. I've said it all along, and I think they're committed to him no matter what anybody wants to say or believe. All right, we're going back out on the phone lines to Bryce. Bryce, you're on with Hondo and Scott. Thanks for being patient, buddy. Scott, Hondo, how are we doing tonight? Good to hear from you. Good, brother. Good to talk to you, buddy. Good. Hey, I wanted to call in this week. Scott, we wish you and your family all the best in uh, your future endeavors. We really support and appreciate you, buddy. So oh, I appreciate that, Bryce. And likewise, without day. you guys, yeah. I wouldn't be here, and it was always the most fun. Yeah, we appreciate it. Now, my, my first point, when it comes to Derek, uh, I think Raider Nation has a choice that they need to make. They either need to get behind him or drink a tall cup of shut-up because he's not going anywhere. And if you don't like those choices, go destroy some other fan base. So those are your options. That's that's number one. Now, I'm hearing the previous caller talking offense and yada, yada. We Everybody in their right mind knows that the Raiders need to focus on their defense. And... You know, you guys earlier in the show brought up pass rush, and I agree with that. I'm more concerned with our interior defensive line. Um, you know, out on the edge, we've got Max, Klee, you got Carl. If you bring Tack, you got Key. Those are not great options, and I'll give you that. But we have very little at defensive tackle. You know, we mm-hmm. have Mo and we have Irving are That's the it. only ones on the roster. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see at, at pick 17, I'd rather go with a Christian Barmore over a Quiddy Pay. I think that would make more sense if Barmer's there at 17. Now, selfishly being an Iowa guy, I'd like to see Deshaun Nixon if he's around there, or maybe he can sneak into the second round because I think he is going to be a nightmare at a three technique for pass rush. I'd like to see that too. Um, Draft-wise, I, I think so. this year is so much more of a crapshoot because of COVID and players opting out. It's just going to be that much more difficult to scout this year. And I think the pressure that was on Mayock and his scouts after last year's questionable draft at best, that pressure is not going away anytime soon, especially with the, the lack of um, 
we won't have the combine. We don't have FCS football. You, so you're not going to have the small schools represented. You're going to have guys that opted out. Those Mayock and his scouts really are behind the eight ball with this year's draft class, I really believe. And I think a lot of pressure is going to be on him. And the last thing I'll say is when it comes to free agency, you know, there's a lot of talk about big names. But right now I'm a little on the pessimistic side with our cap number. I think as of right now, there are, what, maybe five other teams that are in a worse uh, cap position than we are right now. Now, granted, we're going to be able to cut guys like Tyrell, perhaps Trent, Richie, and you can name them off. But we're not going to be in the best cap situation. And, and I don't see us having a lot of money to get bigger names. I think we're probably going to have to sign names like we did last year, like your Malik Collinses, like your Nelson Aguilar's, you know, your one-year prove-it type of deals. And I really think Gus is going to have his work cut out for him because he's going to have to get more out of less on his side of the ball. Yeah, great call. Thank you, Bryce. We appreciate it. And and I, hey, listen, I I think that the the Raiders cap situation is not as bad as it seems. Um, they can free up some space there. They can also restructure deals. So I think it will get better. Do they have Do they have carte blanche? Are they Are they like uh, the Patriots with sixty five million dollars sitting there? No. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be somewhere of a happy meeting. They might be able to go out and get one big name, if you will, but then the rest of the guys are going to have to be exactly what you said, solid players, contributors who will increase the level of the play of that defense, and so we'll have to see how it goes. Okay, back on the phones again. They just won't stop. It is our good friend Rossi down in Australia. Rossi, you're on with Scott and Honda. What's going on, buddy? Gentlemen, how are we? Silver and black and golden helmet. I love it. This is good radio talk. <laughs> You, you and those ridiculous golden knights. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know you started this segment about uh, Derek Carr, and so what I'll just say is that it, it just, he's just not going anywhere because there's nobody to go and replace him. Gruden right. doesn't draft quarterbacks, okay? His highest drafting quarterback was back in 2001 to Super Bowl, okay? He, I, I know he drafted Sims, uh, Grakowski, and Josh Thompson. That's it. Like they're not exactly names where he, he likes developing uh, quarterbacks on TV and cutting down film, but does he trust them in a game? No. So let's, right at this very second, Carr is on arguably pretty much a, a rookie deal anyway. His money is there. It's not really that much for a quarterback, and he's a serviceable quarterback. I love Charles's call about uh, picks. I don't, I don't agree with him, but Honda, I thought you made a couple of interesting comments about taking away one, putting him on the line and only being 30, uh, having 35%. Given the fact that Gruden actually likes double tight end, maybe that does free up the play action. Maybe it gives uh, Jacobs uh, one less man in the box because they've got to cover. Uh, but the other thing is, is that his targets that were let's just say, at mediocre wide receivers, at least they can go in his direction at, at that particular point. But just like your previous caller, this has to be a defensive draft. It has to be a defensive free agency. Great, move some money around, do whatever you need to do. But this team is screaming out for defense. Defensive interior linemen, absolutely. You know I'm a big fan of looking at Daquan Jones. He's a serviceable 
He's not a wrecking ball, but you know what? We can start to use somebody like that. I really like... Uh, I, is it a bad secret that it looks like Melvin Ingram and Richard Sherman are coming anyway? Like, is, <laughs> is, is that... Is that still not allowed to talk about? Is that, or is it tapping up, or what do you guys call it? Yeah, no, I think I think I think it's I think in both cases they'd both be a great addition. Uh, and I, I just so can, can we just leave Derek Carr alone? Can we just leave him alone? <laughs> well, that's he, part. He, of the... he needs a wide receiver. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say this actually, if, um, and and Honda, I'm, I'm not saying that Aguilar doesn't want to come. Um, but I would arguably go and get another Philadelphia Eagle who's just been cut on a one-year previous deal as well. Because, the, the, uh, and again, another previous caller actually mentioned, he does like throwing to the bigger body, uh, he, uh, Derek Carr. And so getting somebody like Alshon Jeffrey, um, I know he's only going to play like three games, but he, he's still <laughs> uh, a, a body that maybe could uh, could could function in a, in a one-year deal with the Raiders and away you go. That's just a few opinions from down under. Yeah, absolutely. Rossi is always good stuff uh, there. And, and you're right. You know, I, 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 I that's that's why I brought up Derek Carr today, Honda, was I think it, it, it's got to be put to rest because any of these co- comments around whether you whether he's your favorite quarterback or not. The fact is he's going to be the quarterback of the Raiders. There's been no inclination or confirmation of years of speculation that John Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr because every time they have the opportunity to move away from him, they don't do it. Well, and it's totally true. You know, Scott, I made a, a yet again another controversial comment on your program a couple weeks ago when I talked about if you're a Raider fan, Derek Carr's your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand. I had people saying to me, you know, you're not even a fan. I haven't followed him since 1970. I'm not I'm not minimizing any of that. It's just like if a guy it gets married and all of a sudden decides I don't like her, well, till you're divorced, she's still your wife. <laughs> and I mean, at the end of the day, whoever is signed and on the roster is your quarterback. That's your guy. So if the if the if the team has complete and total faith in Derek Carr and you don't, then you either say, okay, I'm giving up on the team because they're horrific. Or you say, okay, at the end of the day, I don't agree. But guess what? That's my team. I'm riding with them, and Derek Carr's my quarterback. I wasn't questioning people saying, you're, but I'm just saying, if he's not your quarterback, then you must not be a Raider fan because yeah. he is. And, and so, you, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that people who take umbrage with things like saying, hey, and first of all, again, you, you were somewhat misquoted there, and, and, and people chimed in on that, is that I think because there's truth there. Because people don't like to hear the truth anymore. And so when they hear the truth, uh, then they do. And again, I just told you at the beginning of the segment that, that listen, I, I'm not a fan of, some, of, some, of how Derek Carr does some things, how he plays, his style play. Not him as a guy, not him as the franchise quarterback, but just some of the things. I like to see quarterbacks that play a little differently. So, but that does not dismiss him as the starting quarterback, nor does it think I should uh, that the Raiders should trade him, uh, if, especially when they don't have viable options. Now, you always consider options. You said it earlier in the segment, Hondo. Hey, if someone comes at you and they have a better alternative for you to replace your quarterback, then you think about it. 
But if not, you got the guy. He's a top 10 quarterback. Why not move forward? All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll continue on with your calls. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. It's been a busy day here on Silver and Black Today with Hondo and Scott. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black Today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers. Welcome back. Silver and Black today here on a Monday. By the way, Silver and Black, I I do this show. I get the energy to do this show thanks to one food, and that is I don't eat lunch anymore. What I have is I have a Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar, great nutrition for the entire family, a convenient snack or meal replacement like I use it any time of the day. It's certified gluten-free, contains all natural natural ingredients, no artificial sweeteners, superfoods like kale and quinoa. Most of all, they don't taste like garbage. They taste amazing. I have taken candy out of my diet completely because I go to doc when I have a sweet tooth and I want something, you know, that sweet, it's just craving. I go to Dr. Jen's ultimate protein bars because I know not only that I'm going to get great fiber, I'm going to get high protein, I'm going to sustain energy without a sugar crash. So make sure you check it out. And by listening to the show here, if you go to drjensnutrition.com, you get a 10% off special deal using the code SBT10, SBT10, plus you get free shipping. That's up at drjensnutrition.com. You can also get them at Vegas Discount uh, Nutrition here in town, as well as Terrible Herbst convenience stores throughout the Las Vegas Valley. But if you're online and you're away from Las Vegas, go to the website, Dr. Jen's Nutrition, get Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar. They are members of Raider Nation, the nicest people in the world you will ever meet, and they power the show here. So thank you to Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars. Um, all right, we're going to get one call in real quick. It is TJ again calling back. TJ, what's going on? Hey, guys, glad to be back on. I just had to give my take on car real quick. Yes. All right, so look, Derek's a good quarterback, okay? He, he can potentially take a team all the way. You know, that's why complete teams like the Colts were wanting to trade for him. Uh, they're just a quarterback away. But on the other side, the, other, the argument for trading Carr is we're not that complete team right now, right? We're talking about cap space. We're at, like, negative $18 million in cap space right now. 13. We have holes at 13, is it? Yeah, uh, that's yeah, 13. Okay. That's okay. Okay. So, you know, look, we got holes at safety, corner, Sam linebacker, edge, nose tackle, right tackle, guard if we get rid of incognito, receiver maybe. That's like eight spots. So trading car, you get $20 million to go towards that, maybe two future first-round picks. So just imagine if we rolled with Mariota this year, at the end of next year, we'll know if he's a guy or not. If he's not, fine. We have three first-round picks to either trade up in the draft, get the best quarterback, or use those picks to trade for an established quarterback. The team's built. Less holes. You're just missing the quarterback at that point. You know, So we would be a team like Indianapolis trying to get our quarterback, but our team would already be set. You know, That's, that's the argument for trading. I know it's not going to happen, but you know, it's kind of a hypothetical. Yeah. Like, I can understand, you know the argument no, I, for actually trading car and taking care of the team, you know? Yeah, no, TJ, I get that then. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you calling back. Problem with that though, too, is um, stars have to align. And yes, you have Indy with what they have and they just need a quarterback. They had a quarterback who retired on them unexpectedly. If they didn't have that, um, if they didn't have that, then they wouldn't even be in the position they are because if, if, if they don't have their quarterback retire, um, then they probably would be further along. And so it, it's a tough situation. I think you, you, you can't, you don't trade a guy 
um, if you believe he's your quarterback. So if you have if the if the organization believes it, then you go with him, right? So, uh, but again, man, thanks for the call. I think all this dis- discussion is good. We're going to take one quick final break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Sam and Ash here on Silver and Black today, only on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers. Welcome back, Scott Goldbranson, Hondo Carpenter, as we await the arrival of our special guest, Sam and Ash, who will be on very soon. Uh, but Hondo, the, the, the last caller, TJ, who called in for the second time, he's a great caller. Um, he was talking about, hey, let's, let's, let's build the lines and worry about the quarterback later. You just can't do that in the NFL these days. No, but I'm going to say something to you. When you talk about that, I think all good teams have strong lines. Sure. And that's why when you talk about trading quarterbacks, or I mean, if other good teams want your quarterback, at what point, Scott, do people get the hint, we must have a pretty good quarterback? <laughs> I don't know. We might have to call in our lawyers and have them plead the case. And they join us now. That, of course, is Salmon Ash uh, of Salmon Ash. Uh, you can check them out at SalmonAshLaw.com. Sam, Ashley, how are you both today? We're good. How are you? Good. It's it's a Monday, and and we have to, the the ladies at the boat dock are giving the stink eye to Hondo every time they see him. So we got to get right to his questions for them. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, thank you very much. Okay, because <laughs> listen, I even at one point the other day was told, "Hey, let's go to the boat," and I said to my son, "No." I, I and now listen, I'm not being rude. The ladies down there call themselves the old ladies, so I'm I'm not being rude. It's what they say. They go, Hondo. Tell them the old ladies want an answer. So this is their question. (laughs) Shout out to all the ladies at the Los Las Vegas Boat Harbor who I have to see when I go to my boat. (laughs) So here's the issue. In America, we have the Fifth Amendment. That's when people say they plead the Fifth. I don't have to give any information against myself. (laughs) So what the person wants to know is, so then why do we have to sign our tax forms? Because they can be used against us. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, that's a great question, but you know, there's already a penalty, a civil penalty in place that will um, come after you for that. I don't know why. Um, I'm with you. You shouldn't be forced to to lie, but you will end up facing a, a civil penalty if you refuse to file and sign your tax returns. There you All right. Go. So, but the what old ladies want to know, in your opinion, is that oh. unconstitutional? Because the Fifth <laughs> Amendment says I don't have to. Well, obviously, Hondo, all taxes are unconstitutional, right? I mean, that, Sam, uh, I love I, you more every day. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, so so the a federal income tax has been upheld, and you have to file it under yeah, under uh, attestation that that uh, to the best of your knowledge, things are true and correct. Um, so. Uh, it is uh, n- not unlike other attestations that you're required to file. Uh, there's a number of legal forms, um, everything from when you're, I don't know, doing your driver's license to your uh, registration for um, for voting, right? Your voter registration, you've got to file that too with an attestation. Um, so it, it's it's just, it falls into the, 
just a grouping of, of forms and things that you need to file with the federal government that you're, you're saying that you are who you, who you say you are. And, um, yeah, so I think uh, I don't think that the legal challenge to that is going to survive. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just saying I thought it was an interesting question from the older ladies. I agree. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Sam and Ash are our guests here. Now let's, let's switch to sports. I know you guys are both baseball fans too, and of course we have the, the Las Vegas Aviators who didn't have a season last year because of COVID, but they've now released the minor league baseball schedule. They've realigned the teams so that they travel closer to home which has kind of ended some rivalries, but it makes a lot of sense for the teams involved in it. Uh, but when you look at this, and I'm seeing a lot of the, the scheduling going on, which is, gives me hope that we can actually go to a baseball game because I've been missing it. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on that and, and the, 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 the aviators being kind of realigned and the fact that we might actually have baseball back. I'm excited. I love baseball games. There's something just very Americana about it, being yes. outdoors, cheering on a team, throwing down some, you know, roasted peanuts and all of that and dropping the shells on the ground. It's a lot of fun. And I'm, I think we need to get back to sporting events. We need to put people in the crowds, in the stands and start, you know, boosting that economy and morale and everything. And so, and I'm also like, okay, with aligning new rivalries, you know, we've mm-hmm. got to, we have to be flexible. We can't force, we can't be rigid and so if if less travel is what it takes to get this season going okay we will find new rivalries yeah no doubt about it and and just getting out there i mean that, it's such a beautiful ballpark here in las vegas uh and and the only thing that's disappointing about this is i'm reading headlines about this ashley and i read uh the major league baseball schedules out if the season happens you know <laughs> it's like I, I i i picture george carlin in my head and his 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 <laughs> His, his comedy routine where it's like, you know, we used to do headlines because it's like, look, I understand we have to be careful. But at the same time, it seems like we're coming out of this. And yes, we have to be careful so that we don't go backwards. But if you look at the pandemic and it's following kind of traditional models, even going back to 2018, where, of course, you have winter. And then when spring comes along, start things start to ease up. So then you get into summer. Not not that the, the, the virus is killed by heat, not that stupid stuff. But it's just I think we need more more hope and even our headline writers out there journalism majors please please let's just have some optimism well i don't you think though that this whole uh right now this whole perception of what our world is going to look like six months from now is totally dependent on people's personal opinions and how they've approached all of this i i mean I have from the from the beginning of this thing, I've been an optimist because I have to be. I have to believe that there are better times ahead. And and this virus has gone up, it's gone down, it's gone left, it's gone right. But throughout all of it, I you know, I don't think that the worst predictions about it ever came to pass. Um, of course, neither did the most optimistic um, you know uh, uh, predictions. But mm-hmm. but I you know I've remained an optimist. Ashley's remained an optimist, and I and we have to when it comes to sports we have to believe that it's going to come back we need it we need to get back into stadiums do things that are not political that are not opinion based that are based on community and getting together rooting for our team we need this big time so i'm yeah i'm very optimistic you know sam Sam, i i I would say to you and ash i i live in a place most people don't i think you two live there and scott with me but it's called realville and one of the things that i am i am forever an eternal optimist on america 
I don't give up on America. I believe in America. I believe in the American people. And at the end of the day, I think it, it's it's one of two things. Either you're a person who gets up every day and you're ticked off and mad about life, and if you won the lottery, you'd complain about taxes, or you're a person <laughs> that just gets up every day, puts your boots on, and says, hey, I'm alive, and I'm an American. What a great day to be alive. And I think that's the approach that we all should take. Amen. Yeah. Amen, Honda. Well, and, and one of the things that I think is going to get us back to optimism, especially here in Las Vegas, is Las Vegas always thinks of big ideas and, and, and really goes for the gusto. It's the American dream. Don't think small. Think big and go for it. You guys have done that uh, with your law practice and what you guys are doing and what you're doing to help people here in the Las Vegas Valley. But when it comes to sports, one thing that we're hearing about is that if Formula One were to expand – that Las Vegas could possibly be a location for the future. And I am not a big auto racing fan, but I love Formula One. And I know, Sam, you're into performance cars. You drive a 1981 Yugo, and I know that you love to drive that downtown Las Vegas. <laughs> Uh, but but I you know you love cars I know you do and and so you think about Formula One coming to Las Vegas Sam and Ashley uh, can you imagine that rolling down the streets of the Strip and maybe even downtown Las Vegas how great would that be for our area for Formula One yes I would love it yeah so do you you know how big of a fan Ashley is of Formula One yes right? I, mean, I do this is she lives and breathes this stuff so Ash. Can oh, you picture it? I can, and I would love it. I mean, you already have the, the wannabes racing down the strip. Let's, like, actually <laughs> shut the strip down and put the real guys on on the track. But can we ask the city of Las Vegas to finish paving Las Vegas Boulevard first? Because <laughs> yeah. it's yes. like Afghanistan. That road is like third world right now. Fix well, it, for Pete's and, sake. And all right, Sam and Ash, you live in Realville with me. Can we all agree, <laughs> and can we call out? My man, Scott Colbranson, because we always start with winners and losers. And 41 <laughs> years ago today, the U.S. Olympic hockey team said to the Soviet Russians, no, we don't have any more of that, and got the big win. Scott, I've been waiting all day for winners and losers. And as long as I'm in Realville with Sam and Ash, I'm bringing it up. <laughs> well, there you go. I skipped over. You know, it. It. Uh, I got. I got a little loose with the show planning. So there you go. You got it in though, Honda. That's what matters. Uh, Dude, he's not I'll, taking any chances. No, he's not, and that's good. But see, he's an optimist. He got it in. He looked for his opening, and he took it. That's what America's about. Uh, yes. But truth be told, when I was a kid, and we would come to Las Vegas, they used to have a Grand Prix here. And it was run right next to Caesar's Palace, which is where the Mirage right. is today. Mm -hmm. right. And right. I used to have the race there. And I remember back then, because as a kid, like you could go to the arcade, you could go to a restaurant, and then you stayed in the room while mom and dad were having fun. And so when I was down there, I could see it from our, our hotel room. I could see the race. And uh, I can't think of a better market for, for Formula One. I mean, they have it in uh, Austin, right? Um, and that's fine. I like Austin, Texas. Nothing wrong with, with Austin, Texas. But Las Vegas as a destination, especially for an international race like Formula One, Ashley, would be just unreal. Oh, I, I, my fingers and toes, they're all crossed, hoping that this happens. <laughs> and I'm happy that. to participate if needed, you know. I'll just, yes. 
get so out there. You, me and I'll take Rocky with me as my co-pilot. Maybe they'll let us be the pace car. <laughs> pace car. <laughs> the pace car. There you go. What is it called? The emergency car. <laughs> yeah. No, the pace car is right. Yeah, you get you get a pace car out there. But now with with that, that would be fun. But I think that's that's what Las Vegas needs too. Is yes, we have to get all the business back. And you guys know this. You're in the beautiful arts district of Las Vegas, which is is doing so well. It needs more people. Obviously, we need people to come here to Las Vegas to enjoy it. But that's what we do here. We think big. That's how the Raiders got here. They didn't get here uh, because we ho-hum went into it. No, we went and pursued them along with the Raiders' ownership to bring them here. And I think that's what Las Vegas needs now, right, is they need businesses, entrepreneurs, sports uh, folks that are going to do franchises or do races to come in and, and, and start to breathe life back into the economy. Right. We, we've been in this mode where we're, we're cons, uh, very focused on getting back, but we need to get back to thinking big. Yes. And that's the Vegas way. And, uh, and you know, we've, we're doing it in our, our neighborhood where, where our offices, we're doing it uh, in the community at any way we can. And I think it's each and every one of us have to do that. We, it's, not just for, it's not just for the mayor or for the, you know, for the, the county or, and the, the big casino owners to do it. We, we each and every one of us have a role to play in this. And we, we've got to reclaim our mantle as the entertainment capital of the world. We are Las Vegas. We're big. We're back. We're coming. And we're going to do, do this great again. I, I'm really, really excited. No, and you guys are a big part of that. I appreciate it. And I also want to say thank you again for your support. I know this will be the last time we talk on the show for now. But uh, thank you guys for all your support of Silver and Black today and, of course, Raider Nation Radio. It meant the world to me. And, of course, your friend's off the air, so I can't wait to see you soon. Absolutely, Scott. See you soon. Next time. All right. There you go. Uh, Sam and Ash, as always, great folks. Make sure you check them out, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Hondo, we're going to talk again on Sunday, my friend. We'll talk to you then. On Sunday or Wednesday? I'm Sunday. Did I say Sunday? I meant Wednesday. All right. See you Wednesday, (laughs) brother. (laughs) But we'll do Sunday sometime, too. What the heck? All right. For Hondo Carpenter, for Chris Chapman back in the studio, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. (laughs) 